my friends, both my friends, do not fight, both my friends. Two voices, three voices, my voices, all, and between them such silence? Between them such silence, a fool is my friend, and between my friends is silence, but do not fight, both my friends. Voices of friends like sea foam, voices of friends like driftwood, voices of friends like mud tracked over a clean floor. Around and around, I can hear where they go, they can hear where they've been. Voices of my many friends, but between them silence. A friend of mine is a friend of mine, and many are my friends, and yet between them silence. I love my friends. They are fools. Welcome, my friends, to Sword of Symphonies. I am your mad god cat. And with me are Kathleen, a voice like Driftwood. That's what I was going to call myself, too. Oh, I'm glad. Nick, who I keep telling not to fight. Uh, I'll get back to you on that one. And Kirsten, who is a fool. (laughs) (laughs) This time I prepared my intros. (laughs) So there's that. Heck yeah. And those are the contents of an email sent from my government email to myself. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Double heck yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's what I use resources for. Nobody rat on me. Okay. Previously, Sword of Symphonies party finished the Golden Dragon Festival. We did. Turns out it was named after a golden dragon. Yeah. The party brokered a peace between the festival's namesake and the village's modern inhabitants. The establishment of the kingdom of Acorn was set aside briefly, by which I mean their young queen went truant on them and disappeared into the woods for adventures. And Cobtis and Penelope returned to the Westbreaker. We got on the ship and we're back on the, uh, not road, sea. We're back on the sea again. Back on the ocean. I mean, back on the ocean. The whale road. Yeah, big old, big old whale road. The, the swan road. <laughs> There's a lot of old English words for sea that include road. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. You read Beowulf and they refer to it as like the swan's road, the whale's road. Like, huh. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Like, this is a people road. This is a duck road. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the whale road, and this is where the whales drive their cars to whale work. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of hope that whales are better than work. (laughs) I mean, all evidence seems to point to that, that they exist beyond work. (laughs) Okay. You guys are in the middle of the ocean. You're some... We're going to say about five days from the river inlet that took you up near Northridge and about a a week and a half journey out of Stageport. The spell pieces in this current area are warm, rolling, guided, wave, and sails. The reason I asked preemptively is because since we had that conversation about whales earlier made me think about the shark spell which made me think about like what kind of spells can I make here (laughs) just in case no whale spell Mm. not this time yeah whale was on the list but I cut it oh cat knows where this was heading I was just like oh I could no no flying whale 
Kirsten can't be trusted. <laughs> I really can't. Or Whale Arrow or something equally terrible. Cobb is currently regaling everybody with his with his tales of a pirate, with his pirate's life. Oh, yes, you were telling going to tell us a story. Yeah, and I think Cobb has been telling more stories kind of as the voyage, because it's been five days since you guys got on. And Cobb has been telling, as Cobb tends to do, if I guessed him right, is telling stories about adventure on the high seas, as it were. And they've all been true, or at least the cool version of the truth. Mm. Yeah. The best possible version of the truth, really. Yes. Now, Cobb has been telling everybody about the captain. The, the last captain. Captain Francis Stageport. Not his birth name. Yeah. So, like Lily and Stephen, he took the name of the city? Yes. So, I think it is after one of Coach Cobb's workout sessions... So Sot and Clara are sitting on the deck. Clara's kind of lost in thought and also winded and also grumpy because you made her do things that made her winded. She hates that. What about Tessa and Penelope? Penelope is going to... She has some pocket food, as usual. And she's actually going to... I'm reactively shuddering at, at Penelope's pocket food. I'm actually going to... Noticing Clara seems kind of winded and, and in discomfort. She's going to cast Restoring Warm on on a, a piece of uh, croissant and, and offer it to... Well, we'll say bagel and offer it to uh, Clara to make her feel better. Magic pocket food? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a bagel. It's not going to be as bad as a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> At least she's not just constantly eating hardtack. Just maintains eye contact too. Just takes bites of hardtack and like <laughs> stares. You're supposed to. You're supposed to. That's the one time I wouldn't get on your case for dunking it in the water. <laughs> what? Huh? So, sorry. I was. I was. I was thinking. Um. Um. Why are you pointing that at me? Oh, here, it's, um, it'll help. I know it, workouts are not the most fun thing to do, so this'll help make you feel a little bit more energized. Oh. <laughs> do you want me to eat it? Well, if, if, if you'd like. Is it safe to eat it? Penelope kind of, like, turns it over, looks at it doesn't see any mold or anything. Yeah, I think so. I am living a life of adventure. <laughs> and she does, after a moment's thought, pop it in her mouth. And tell me what this spell like looks like or does here. Um, it just feels like when you're a kid and you've come in from a long day of sledding and you have some like actual real good hot chocolate or Ovaltine and your hands are still icy, but you hold that cup and it just, you feel so good and so relaxed and comforted. That's sort of the feeling. And you've exerted a lot of energy, but you don't feel tired, just more relaxed and cozy. That's a very, that's a very thoughtful. I think as usual, I'm not going to ask you for a whole lot of scatter. Okay. Like one-ish? Yeah, I'm going to cost you one scatter and 
Clara kind of takes a deep breath and says, Okay, that was a weird one, but I do feel better. Yay. Thanks, Penelope. Uh, it's always nice to kind of have a, a nice post-workout snack. You have post-everything snacks. Mm, true. It makes things better. Lots of things. It's always good. Very true. Cobb is actually going to sort of like, I guess, notice that everybody is hanging out and it's just kind of like, ah, good job. You're getting a lot better at morning workout routines, Clara. <laughs> well, I've been training. Very good. And you too, Mr. Sot. He gives you a nod and a still kind of awkward salute. This is something that maybe even you might be interested in this time, Clara. This is a story that even you might like. Mm. Oh, 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 are you finally going to tell us more about the captain? Because sometimes you start talking about the captain and then you do that thing where you stare off and then you go to a different part of the story instead. No, this time, and Cobb actually takes the extra sword off of his belt. This time I think I should tell you about the captain's sword. It looks very expensive. We were never really very certain where he got it. He claimed that in his youth, he sailed across the whole ocean, and there was land, and there he met a, a swordsmith who forged for him the blade that he used with unusual materials that gave it a, a reddish scarlet color. It was so sharp, they say, that it could cut just about anything, and, and Cobb opens the sword, and sure enough, it's red. It's very rusty. Mm. Mm. As well, it looks better when the captain uses it. Mm. But, and he pulls the whole thing out, we do think some of what he said is true. What do you make of the shape, and especially this mark here, Clara? And Cobb hands the sword over to Clara. Huh? Um. She should be very easily able to tell that the handle is new. The blade and the mark, however, this is more of a, like... Dow than a saber. Hmm. This is an old design. Like a really old design. I don't think a lot of people make these anymore. And she kind of, she does kind of like close one eye and take a look down the edge. Like you were correct. She is interested in this. Mm. Wait, you said across the ocean? That's what the captain told us, that in his youth he sailed across the entire ocean and met a variety of people who lived on the other side, and he became fast friends with one of them, a swordsmith, who uh, who made for him this weapon out of some sort of unusual metal. I think Clara's kind of examining the blade, and she she does, like, take a look down, uh, down the edge, which is... Uh, I presume pretty damaged, if it's that rusty. It's pretty banged up. I mean, it's nice and light. Well, it came alive in the captain's hands. It shone with a scarlet wave when he fought with it. Hmm. Swear on me, Mom, I saw him cut a cannon in half with it once. What? Sailor's honor. Nothing like my cannons. Couldn't cut one of mine. Anyway, I believe you. But uh, these days, and Cobb takes it back and kind of, like, shakes it a bit and, like, sort of just a play chop at, at the deck. Well, let's just say it's a little bit of a different creature when the captain isn't using it. Mm. 
but Cobb just kind of like puts it back in the sheath. I haven't been able to get rid of it. It's I've had several people say that I should just throw it out. It's far too well. What? It's not unrecoverable, but the No, of course it's not. Who's telling you to throw it out? Perfectly good sword. Some people have no respect for their tools. You know, I bet a little time on the grinder would make that thing sharp enough as good as new. Maybe I'll have to take you up on it one of these days, but... Yeah. It was always at his side, and we were always just like us. Look. Zot. Look. Cobb is trying to teach you stuff. And Commander is trying to teach you stuff. And even Penelope is probably trying to teach you stuff. And I hope if I'm going to teach you anything, it's going to be one thing. And you listen to me. And she grabs him by his cheeks. And she just kind of looks square in his little face. Listen to me. They're the same height. She's trying to look <laughs> imperious, but they're about the same height. <laughs> they're roughly the same height, yes. <laughs> it's like, you gotta respect your tools. You gotta. Little gully knife there. A sword when you get one, and I'm almost done, I promise. You gotta respect your tools. If you don't respect your tools, they're gonna let you down. Okay? It's true. Okay? And he kind of, he nods with his hand between her palms there, and eventually kind of wiggles out of her grasp. That is one of the other things that the captain always taught us, Sot. Take care of your tools and your crew. We're all in this together. People come and go, but cannons are forever. Not exactly the message I was trying to get across there, Claire, but... <laughs> yeah, because he apparently had to cut a cannon in half. It was trying to shoot at him. Mm. Wait, was the captain standing right in front of the cannon and it was trying to shoot at him? That's super close. Things get a little dicey on the open ocean sometimes in our line of work. Mm. I, I see. But he was always there for us. If things got hairy, he was the first to let it be known that was his displeasure of a situation. And if things got violent, he was always the first to stand up for the crew. And he led us to quite a few victories. How long were you with the captain? Oh, 12, 13 years. Oh, uh, wow. I joined up when I was uh, a little older than you, Mr. Sot. And I was with him until, oh, just about five years ago. So, before you met the commander, then? Yes. Uh, please do keep this a little under wraps. The commander knows who the captain was. I do not believe he was that fond of him. Oh, you're exaggerating. The commander isn't fond of anybody. <laughs> where is uh where is Marcus while this while we're Yeah. He is normally out on the deck early in, in the day. But he is not there today. That's why Cobb feels okay telling stories, because he doesn't want to get in trouble. Ah. <laughs> uh. mm. He's trying to impress the commander. Hmm. Let's just say I'm trying to stay in the commander's good graces. He doesn't have good graces. No. True enough, but I, I do think it is important, now that we are getting our new crew and Cobb motions to Tissa, Penelope, and Sot, I think it's important that you know where your shipmates were. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess he does let me get away with a lot anyway. Who is Beatrice? Hmm. Yeah. Somebody's darling, I assume. Ships don't get names at random. We never did truly know where it came from, but the rest of the crew, we always hypothesized that it was... Uh, I think we settled on... Yeah, originally we thought that it was a previous lover of his, but the way that he treated the ship and then didn't line up with that sort of thing. Mm. We eventually came to the conclusion that we believe it was named after a daughter. Oh. You want to know why I called it the Westbreaker? Sure. Because there's a lot of ice on the West Coast and we're going to go break it. Cobb just kind of like, he does the like pinch the bridge of his nose. Thank, thank you, Clara. I'm actually excited to see that ice. I mean, it snowed and there was ice where I was when I was a kid, but nothing like it sounds like up there. Yeah, it, uh, it's been a while since I've been up north. But it's real cold. It's real dark. Hmm. Except when it's very bright. What? It's both bright and dark? Uh-huh. Huh. Here's... Do they... Do you have snow in in um, Northtown? Yeah, yeah, we, we get snow. Um, you know how shiny it is? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like real glittery? Uh-huh. Imagine that, but lots and lots of it forever. Oh, kind of makes my head spin a little. <laughs> yeah, it does. It makes your head spin. I've actually never been up the West Coast, though. But then how did you get... Did you go on... No, you couldn't, Tom. Oh, no, I took a land route on my pilgrimage. Mm. And the Westbreaker was built uh, further south. Oh. It's actually never been up to the ice yet. Oh, so this is... Mm-hmm. This is the first voyage of the Westbreaker. <gasps> Woohoo! Oh, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm. I guess you're going to become a pirate ship, huh, Westbreaker? Yeah. Lots of ships become pirate ships, and she kind of affectionately runs a hand along the rail. I bet there's not a lot of pirates on the West Coast. It's not real safe for boats there. Cobb kind of thinks for a moment. No, we did most of our work in the Southern Seas. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I have to get back to work. Not a lot Mm. of time left. I'm going to go see what's for breakfast. You just ate a pocket full of random garbage. Bye! That was, that was what was for breakfast. Bye! I'm, I'm sure she'll find something in the mess. She is the mess. (laughs) Clara kind of storms off to her workshop. (laughs) So, later in the morning, a thick fog bank rolls in. It was kind of a little misty when everybody first got up, but now it's accelerated to the point where you can't see one end of ship from the other. The sky is a seamless blanket of pale, pale gray. And somewhere you can hear seabirds. The wind is still, but the air is heavy. I'm going to roll a sensitivity focus, because why not? Yeah, why not? 
Oh, did we level up from last time? Oh, yeah. Um, everybody gets to take some points in Cavalier skills. Speaking of which, Penelope gets to raise two facets, one of which should be understanding. Woohoo! I actually I, um, did that before we started. Because I was like, Kathleen, when you leveled up, and uh, so, yeah, we we already did. I did understanding, because I was like, huh, I had to use understanding to, to figure my things out. The point of Penelope's arc was that she learned to use her brain sometimes. Mm-hmm. What was the other one? Uh, sensitivity. Okay. Even though um, Penelope's not the greatest at it, she had to actually be able to kind of, like, read situations, a little bit of, like, you know, between people or try to figure out how dangerous things are. Penelope had to read the room. Yes. Even if she doesn't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Tissa didn't do a great job of reading the outdoors, but did a job. That's one success and one edge. I'm going to say the air feels threatening. Hmm. It is extremely difficult to see. It's Besides that, the middle of the day, it feels like things are about to go very wrong. If I cast searing sails and I want it to be they are searing metaphorically and cutting through the fog rather than that they are literally on fire, would that be a thing that we could do with magic? Yeah, to cause them to just, like, emit a searing light. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Maybe cut through the fog a little bit. You're turning them into great big fog lights? Yeah. So tell me all about Searing Sails. Um, Tissa is sort of walking from one end of the ship to the other end of the ship kind of nervously in almost that like sort of reminding yourself that yes, the other side of the ship is still there kind of way and gets a vibe or whatever and is like, okay, I want to see now. And it's... A sense of the fog being repelled by a big, bright, maybe a little bit red light. Okay. A bright red light emerges from the sails and just cuts through this dense, thick fog that's enveloped the ship. And now everything above deck is lit in bright, golden red light and... Now you can see outward from the ship a little bit. It's all ocean, but you can now actually see the ocean, which is an improvement. Penelope is going to also uh, jump on Pollyanna and do like a a circle around just to see, like, just to kind of scout a little bit to see if there's any hazards or something beyond the fog. Okay. What's a good scouting rule? Give it to me. Sensitivity writing? Nah. 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 I want I want it to be because I like my writing. Um Navigation would be good. Yeah. Sensitivity. Don't really oh, I need more nav skills. Um survival nautical, maybe? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Uh two successes and an edge success. Let's see, if you keep the edge success, you're gonna get caught up in the thing I'm about to say. Get caught up. Get caught up. But I will give you more information. You know what? No, I'm not going to keep it. Okay. You don't get too far above the ship before you begin to feel it. A 
powerful surging winds coming down from the north. The clouds are thick and dark and low. The sun is even beyond this fog bank, nowhere to be seen. It is, at best, threatening to rain. Penelope comes back down to the deck. She's starting to feel a bit claustrophobic in all the dense cloud. And she gives out information as to what she noticed when she took flight to, to everyone on the ship. This one feels bad. Yeah. Yeah. This one is dangerous. With this amount of low visibility and possible waves, this could very easily knock us off course. We're going to have to get on top of this here. And Cobb kind of calls off for Mr. Sot. What we practice, everybody? Right. And he's going to start getting the ship ready just in case we hit a... Maybe not a storm, but certainly, like, unfavorable winds. And, um, as if to verify what Penelope has just told you, you begin to hear the voice of Tidal Augustine. In, at first, just in the back of your mind. My friend, both my friends. My friends, a meeting. My friends. Not now, we're kind of busy. You're about to get a great deal busier. Can I get survival nautical rules from everybody? And I'm going to let you use whatever facet you like as long as you can justify it to me, the GM, your cool master. Cobb is going to use daring survival because he's going to be like practically running along the rails and like hopping from rope to rope and like making sure that everything gets tied down with the quickness. Down with the quickness. Errol Flynn. Dad. Very bad. But actually, in an amazing role, do I get my one free success? No, that's for preparing a pool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then just five successes. Just five? Yeah, two, five, six, 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 five. That's very good. Cobb is really good at being Errol Flynn. Nick is a no-good meme lord, but Cobb's all right. <laughs> Cobb is a good boy. I got three successes and one edge on understanding survival nautical. What is the best thing to be doing at the moment, I guess, is the line of thought. The best thing to be doing, and Cobb has almost certainly got to work on this, would be to help Cobb trim the sails. Mm. You've done a little bit of math and you've realized that if the sails are all out and down, they're going to catch a lot of very bad wind <laughs> that is going to, at best turn the ship around all topsy-turvy. If not, just like straight up rack the sails or the masts. Yeah. yeah. So priority one is going to be getting the sails under control. Priority two, Cobb's also working on that, is getting loose things tied down, making sure the ship is as immovable as possible. It is time to batten down the hatches. Yeah. I am also using an understanding rule because Penelope has been learning slowly over time how to ship. So, uh, three successes. I think that unlike Tissa, because of Penelope's vantage point, you can discover a few things. The wind is blowing north down from the continent. There is a fairly severe storm brewing on the horizon that is being blown toward you. Okay. And... Given you, you probably have an understanding of the weather, this is probably going to hit you before midday. All right, everyone. Uh, looks like the storm's coming from the north, and by my estimates, pre-midday, we're going to be in the thick of it. It doesn't give us a ton of time. All right, everybody. We got we to gotta work fast here. Marcus's respond to the call. He's back up on the deck now. He's got the wheel, and his eyes are kind of locked on the compass. 
He occasionally casts anxious glances around at the horizon, but for the most part is focused on your bearings. And then, while the voice of the Dalith title Augustine rings in your ear, Cobb, the storm breaks. A few fat, lazy raindrops collide with the deck in enormous, damp, dark splatters, one at a time at first, and then in larger clusters, then with a steady rhythm, until everything is soaked. Everything is covered in a sheen of water. The air is full of streaks of dark gray coming down from that threatening sky. And there is in the distance an ominous crash of thunder. Although you couldn't see the lightning that preceded it, not yet. But the next time you do, you see a flash and then about a half minute later, hear a resounding drumbeat through the sky. And the waves begin to climb. Gentle ones, at first, you were nearly becalmed in that fog bank, but slowly they grow until some of them can even challenge the Westbreaker's hull and lap at the rails. And now my question is, what do? Well, Cobb, for one, is yelling that, namely, Tissa sought and Clara need to be indoors. You unfortunately aren't large enough to uh, be out on deck. Um, these waves, it'll pick, they'll pick you right up and carry you off the boat. You gotta be inside. Clara kind of su- shoves Sot down into uh, the interior of the ship. Tissa, you too. Wow. I, I trust you with my life out here, but the seal just pick you up and carry you off. Actually, I'm going to cast I was thinking if I do guided heart to keep Tissa more grounded to the ship's hull uh, I think the words you're putting together are more of like a like a metaphorical or emotional effect I don't know if guided heart would necessarily stick a person to boat mm. I let you get away with a lot of things Kirsten that was a lot yeah that's a little. As if to illustrate Cobb's point, the Westbreaker gives a mighty lurch from side to side as one of those challenging waves picks it up and just gives a little toss like a person testing the weight of a fruit before juggling it. Tissa is going to cast Guided Speaking before she heads down, and I want to collaborate with Nick on what this does because you've got Augustine yelling at you, and you are also trying to give orders right now. Very true. And so I can imagine that this could be something where it's like it helps you get through your Augustine trying to tell you very important things, or it could help you try to tell the crew important things. I think helping tell the crew things and listening to the other crew members is probably more important at this point. Okay. Cobb can handle a little bit of back talk from his Daelith, mm-hmm. but he does want to make sure that the crew is safe. Okay. That they're, they're getting the messages that they need. So that's what guided speaking is doing, is that everyone is 
able to talk to each other somehow a bit. And I'm going to spend a lot on this. I like that. Um, I think I'm going to ask you for... I think I'm going to ask you for four of them to just, like, maintain a tin can telephone between everybody on the ship. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I'll ask you for four for that. I like it. Yeah, great. Tissa is going to very much grab the handrails as she goes down, which is not something that she normally does. And says, as if to prove the point of what just happened, just let us know what we need to do. Big thing you can help Claire with. Uh, get down into the boiler room and make sure that nothing gets knocked over or broken. Yep. Sot, baby, baby child, baby, sweet baby child. Go to the hold, and if you see any water, come screaming. And Sot, like, um, gives a little, yep, yes, sir. And Tissa, you see him head down into the hold to keep a lookout down there. So Tissa's going to follow directions. Tissa and Clara... Engineers extraordinaire. And now that you can see Clara in her natural habitat, she is bustling around amid the boilers. She kind of, she's taking stock of their supply of coal. She is hastily doing some calculations and scribbling them out and doing them again and again. Even the slightest creak from her equipment has her sitting upright like a meerkat just extremely vigilant when it comes to her machines. This is Clara's home. It's got her little handprints all over it, quite literally. Okay, what's your next order? All right, the next order then is everyone who can be on deck, make sure that the ropes are tied down where they need to be, and let's keep pressure on everything holding the sails up. We don't need them to unfurl and rip themselves to pieces. Would include anyone else as part of Marcus's crew, and obviously Penelope, and Penelope, you're going to have to do something about Pollyanna. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put Pollyanna in uh, in our room, or like where she normally stays. Our pony princess suite. <laughs> she probably already kind of like, when it started raining and stuff, got... Uh, but yeah, oh, I'll probably have to harness her somehow, right? Because help her get tied down. That's between you and her. Yep, this is a riding roll. Okay. And I would like you to tell me what kind of facet you're using. Uh, I think this would be an adaptability, because I am not super, super used to keeping things tied down on the sea, keeping Pollyanna tied down on the sea. So, it's a... Oh, she hates that idea. Like, going into into the ship not thrilled about, but likes it better than Storm. Mm. If you do try to put a rope on her, though, she does start shaking her antlers at you. That's not happening. Okay. Well, I'm going to try... Well, I'm going to do a adaptability riding to kind of, like, create a space that's the most Pollyanna safe. Okay, give me a roll. Oh, wow. Uh, not too bad. Uh, three successes. Three successes will tell you that the... Because Pollyanna can fly, the safest Pollyanna can be is out of the storm but free to escape if she needs to. Oh, okay. So yeah, that- if she's tied down and something happens to the ship, she is in trouble. Oh, true. Okay. So I kind of create a, like a, a nice soft space for her to be, but 
and like make sure there's no hazards that could fall on her or bump around. Cobb was actually about to say, make sure that there's nothing heavy in there. We don't want something landing on her and, you know, like hurting her or, you know, heaven forbid, like breaking something. She doesn't need to get a cloud elk concussion after getting hit in the head with a lantern. Yeah. So I guess everybody's been given their orders. Uh, let's give me some rolls. All right. Cobb is... I guess he's not actually being that daring right now. He's trying to, like, keep everyone together and run a bunch of stuff that way. So he's going to use adaptability this time. Okay. Like, he's not doing the very physical thing. He's trying to be the leader and get everybody to to move around on the Yeah. Ship. So that is two successes and two edge successes. Okay. I think I'm going to take two successes here, and I'm going to say that um, Cobb, good job. Good Cobb. Good Cobb. Yeah, you've got things kind of under control. The rest of the crew is on deck. Everyone appears to be doing what they are supposed to be doing. Big help from Tissa. Yeah. Speaking of which, Tissa. I'm going to make some sort of adaptability roll because Tissa's uh, a little bit out of her depth thing right here and doesn't know anything about machines. So, I don't know. I'm thinking either coastal or focus. I'm gonna say focus because a big part of what you were asked to do is just keep an eye on things and make sure nothing terrible happens. Yeah, that seems reasonable. So that is one success, two edges. One success because you've got you've got help is fine. Like things are swaying, but for the most part, most of the broom is bolted down pretty tight. There's a spill of some coal, but no, you guys are on it. Penelope. Um, Penelope's going to roll Understanding Survival Nautical mm-hmm. to help out on the deck and uh, three successes. Three successes between that and Cobb's help. Yeah, you know what needs to be doing. You can see areas where there's slack and Cobb is being pretty explicit as to what you need to wrestle with. Other than existential dread. You don't need to wrestle with existential dread right now, but it helps if you've completed that process before. It's the pre-work. Yeah. This time, the waves don't stop at the railing. They don't lap almost innocently at the deck. This one stands as high off the deck as any of you are and crashes over it, leaving everybody who's standing on deck drenched to the waist, at least. I mean, you're all drenched through. There's rain pounding the deck. There is a flash of lightning. It's followed immediately by thunder. And now you can hear the wind screaming. But this particular wave... For a second, you are all standing in a pool, and then it drains off the other side of the ship. And I would like everybody to make me athletics rolls. That is everyone who's on the deck. One success, one edge. Actually, that was a pretty bad roll for Cobb. It's not a good Cobb roll. A lot of threes this time. Four successes for daring athletics. Dang. Yeah, Penelope's a rock. Um, Cobb can keep the edge success and keep his footing, but he cannot also maintain his grip on the ropes. Cobb is going to maintain his grip on the ropes. Okay. So, the wave crashes over the ship, and 
breaks against Penelope like a splash in a bathtub, but knocks the legs out from under Cobb, who is holding tight to one of the lines, but is swept off the ship. And I would like some adaptability athletics rolls. Well, you don't have a high adaptability. One success, one edge success. (laughs) Okay. Marcus got two successes, surprisingly, because neither of those are really particularly good for him. So he, for a moment, has to let go of the wheel and reaches a hand out to grab the line that Cobb is swinging from and haul it back down. And then immediately dashes back over to the wheel and returns his attention to the compass. Thank you, Marcus. I owe you one. Let's not tally just yet. We'll tally when we're done. We're off course, Cobbler. There is another crash. This one well over everyone's heads. And I would like another round of athletics rolls, please. See if we can't do a better job this time. We did a much better job this time. Two successes, one edge. This is getting intense. Five successes. Penelope is killing it out there. Tesla, I would like another one of your uh, focus rolls, please. Two successes. A couple things happen. Uh, Cobb, this time, braces himself and for an instant is underwater. And the only thing he can hear clearly is Augustine pleading with him not to fight. Penelope, the same thing happens. The world is submerged in seawater. And for just an instant, everything is gone, but it clears. When the world returns, the wheel is spinning. Um, Marcus is sprawled on the deck, clutching the rail, and one of the masts is missing, splintered. Oh. Tissa, there is a groaning from the bolts on one of the boilers and you can see when the ship lurches that it lurches too and is beginning to fall inward Uh, uh, it's not supposed to be doing that it's not supposed to be doing that no no it's not no it's not um um thanks Tissa and Clara kind of hurriedly starts to work on it but struggles as the ship lurches again and she gets tossed to the ground and the boiler breaks free of one of its moorings and crashes into the floor, splintering the wooden floor and more or less staying in place next to its shocked engineer. Uh, can I get an adaptability athletics roll from Tizza? That looks like two successes. Two successes is definitely enough to get out of the way. Tizza is safe, but the boiler has fallen over. Well, shit. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, help me out, help me out, Mm -hmm. help me out. Mm -hmm. Okay, we've got one success from Clara. This is daring athletics. Two successes. What Clara shouts to do is to get the boiler wedged somewhere where it won't roll. Okay. And so you guys manage to shove it under a desk and kind of lash it in place Mm -hmm. so that it is firm and secure and even when the ship tosses again, 
it stays in its place. So, the deck. Bad. Penelope is going to cast Restoring Sails to keep her, because she was, I assume, holding a, a line or whatever, right? Like, um, yep. so that, she, that it'll stay and she can uh, leave that point to help Marcus. Okay. Yeah, he sputters and is coughing up seawater and is generally kind of a miserable sight, but he t- takes your arm and thank you again, Miss Hunter. Oh, no, no, no worries. Uh, I mean, well, we've got, we've got worries, uh, but... We, uh, we have those. He runs to try to get control of the wheel, which has begun to spin. We have no idea where we are now, do we? He does not grab it. It definitely gives him a knock. This is too... It, he's rolling very badly. And <laughs> he gives him a bit of a knocking around, and his arm is now just kind of dangling by his side a little bit, and he he wrestles it into place, but um, only with his right hand. Oh, Marcus, are you okay? Not especially. Uh, um, Brace yourself. <laughs> Time for another one. Daring athletics, everybody. Oh, good. You got a success. You're an okay boy. Uh, one success, two edge success. Okay. And one success, one edge. Uh, four successes, two edge success. Okay. Let me think here. Four, okay, four successes is tons. Four successes is plenty. Um, my question for Nick, though, is who goes overboard? Somebody does. This is our edge success bargain. Oh, it can't be Penelope, by the way. Penelope's fucking... <laughs> Penelope is a tower of steel. Nobody is knocking her off this ship. I think it was going to be one of the other crewmates, but Cobb caught them at the last second, and he got washed overboard. Uh, do you have any thoughts? How, how, how far is he from, like... Not very. He's only just been swept off. I'm going to adaptability athletics to try to um, grab him before he gets too far. Okay. Oh, that is a very, 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 very bad roll. Oh, God. No, you're supposed to be rolling good. Oh, no. <laughs> One you're... edge success. <laughs> Jeez. That's bad. Not good. I mean, one edge success will let you get in and grab him and then... Two people in ocean. Uh, well, that's a lot more dramatic. I'm going to say that because, I mean, she did try to reach out and, and, and help him, so, I mean, you can't really, like, stop it once she's getting swept. She's getting swept. Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do then. We're not rolling dice, because I have just scrolled up to see some spell pieces. And Cobb is swept overboard, and Penelope, um, despite all she was supposed to have learned, jumps off after him with no real plan. And above them looms not a wave, but the ironclad hull of the West Breaker. And from this size, it is enormous. It is a tower 
of steel and wood that the ocean can play with, but that can easily crush a person. Before it can bear down on you, however, a great wave of glittering pale blue rises from the ocean and rights the West Breaker as it bears down on you, holding it back long enough for me to ask you guys for some adapt some from some daring athletics. Big daring. Please, big daring. Not what I wanted to see. One success, one edge success. Not great. Four successes, one edge success. Better. And you know what? Because because you rolled so good, everyone on the ship is frantically searching for life preservers. When from the ocean flies a lasso that wraps itself around a portion of the bow and who should climb gallantly up this rope but Penelope who did the most perfect rope trick (laughs) (laughs) oh if only Radha could have seen that (sighs) and behind her a drenched but safe Cobb it was beautiful is there still a storm there is still a storm oh heck but the worst of it the the waves are no longer uh this bad Ugh. It may be tapering off. You'll have to teach me that sometime. And Cobb just kind of gives Penelope like a, a hearty like pat on the back. Oh, well, it'd be my pleasure. You know, you've, you've taught me lots, so. Tissa has rushed back to the deck, completely panicked. H- how are things? How are things in the hull? Uh, not great. Probably better than um. You're not dead. We're we're all we're all good. Um, nobody's dead. No, nobody, nobody's, nobody's dead. It's not the first time I've gone overboard, but thank you. Ooh, it's terrifying uh, every time. Definitely don't think I'll ever get used to the sea. And the ship is still lurching, but the rain begins to taper off. There is a flash of lightning, and it takes eventually a full minute for the drums of thunder to resound. And what was sheets of thick raindrops is now a whip-like rain and tapering off into a misty spatter. Apologetically, the sun peeks out between the clouds. One success and four edge successes on understanding navigation. Tissa goes, I have no idea where we are. We've been pretty turned around. And then, Kat, you can do something mm. with those edge successes if you want. Um, with the edge successes, um... You're going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. Which is to say, climbing up the thingy. Okay. The thingy is wet. The thingy is not easy to climb. I'm going to be asking you for a roll to make it up there. But once you make it, yeah. So, daring athletics. Only one success. 
No, this, this, is, this is for a prior role. I'd be a real jerk if I didn't let you have it for one. Okay. It is not easy. I don't think you make it all the way up to the crow's nest. But from the sky, you can see that you are upsettingly close to a collection of small sandy islands. One of which is densely wooded with some large hills. Player's intuition is going to say, two successes and one edge on understanding spirits. Could these be the isles that you have alluded to in another talk about some of the bad things that happen on the ocean? Um, nope. Okay. Because usually you see the princess's daemons before you encounter her. And you didn't encounter any daemons during that storm, which is... No, no flying baguettes. These ones aren't baguettes. They're jellies, Uh probably. Mm. A jellyfish is... Jellyfish is just like a stubby baguette. Jellyfish aren't anything like baguettes. Yeah, I'm having a hard time with that one. I'm sorry, dude. Yeah. Nick, we like to play along with you. We like to... Yes, and you, because that's good storytelling, collaboratively. But you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and you're wrong. (laughs) Uh, Land ahoy? That doesn't sound right to say it. Uh, that felt that felt weird. <laughs> Penelope's actually going to check on um, Polly and then take this to the skies to see if there's like a good harbor. Perhaps we should. Um... Can we slow down? Where I don't know how shallow this is. Yeah, good idea. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we've got all the sails rolled up, yeah. so. Uh, yeah. No, we can't. <laughs> Probably drop the anchor. Yeah. Um, you guys weigh anchor. No, we um, don't. No? We do the opposite of that. Oh, yeah. You guys drop the heavy box. You drop the heavy box to Davy Jones's locker. Yes. <laughs> no, I made, I, made that, I made that mistake earlier in Sword of Symphonies. Oh, yeah. Which, and I remembered. Which, yes. Which, <laughs> our dear viewers, hopefully... We'll remember Nick screwing up sailor terminology because Nick is a bad sailor, unlike Cobb. Sins. Sins. (laughs) So we've dropped anchor. Yeah, we've dropped anchor. And what is out before you is a rocky, sandy island. Tiss's instinct was correct. There are shoals connecting these sandy little islands that um, the Westbreaker probably could not clear. And um, there are trees, abundant trees. And this is a fact that Clara seizes on immediately because we need a new mast. Yeah, we do mm. need to, to make repairs. Come on, lumberjerks. We need a new mast. Marcus kind of gives her a look. I meant lumber friends. Well, the first thing we need to do is, is untangle everything from the previous one. Actually, I think the first thing I need to do is sit down a moment. Pardon me. And Marcus kind of limps to his customary spot. Penelope's actually going to roll a understanding medicine because he hit his arm in not good. Yeah, his his arm is busted. 
He also uh, doesn't seem kind of as attentive as usual. He seems a little spaced out. Concussed and broken armed. Or maybe he's scattered like crazy. Well, that, oh, 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 yeah, because the, cause the, yeah. I got one success, two edge successes, so I'm not the greatest at... I think if you keep the edge successes, you will correctly set this bone, but it will absolutely be an extremely painful and upsetting experience. Oh, but I don't want it incorrectly said it. Marcus, I'm sorry about this. I am prepared. <laughs> he says through gritted teeth. Here we go. And he does kind of cry out briefly, but swallows it again. Is shaking slightly, but you've got the arm in the right place now and can set it. And I, I make a, a, sl- a fashion a sling to kind of keep the arm stable. All right. Thank you, Miss Hunter. Oh, no, no worries. While we start repairing the mast, perhaps it'd be best if you get a bit of rest. Well, and he kind of, he looks up at the island. I think I'm going to work on finding our bearings. We, we can't stay this lost. All right. Um, but just take it easy. Uh, Thank you, Miss Hunter. I will. Okay, so this looks like two successes on sensitivity focus. What is on island? What are island vibes? What's the deal with island? This is this is island? Just just island. This seems like island. This seems like Yeah, you're not picking up anything spiritually bizarre about this place. Okay, so just like normal island things. Really big bugs and trees that are botanically yeah. related to grass and that sort of thing. Trees that are platonically related to grasses. Rocks that have been there unnoticed for ages. And stories of those who've gone before. And what is a story if not a memory? <laughs> you did it. You did it. I did it. I'm getting good at this. I'm getting good at introducing memory time. Cat rolled three successes to introduce memory time. <laughs> Yay. Uh, this whole this whole episode was pretty memorable. Uh, a sea storm is a big deal, and it was it was tense and scary, and it was really well done, Cat. Oh, thank you. I'm glad. I felt really scared. Like I was like nervous. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh man, like being stuck under the deck when all of the like dangerous stuff was happening was kind <laughs> of like nerve wracking. You know, it's like Yeah, Tissa got put in the basement. Sorry, Tissa, you're not very big. Yeah, no, no, exactly. It's like yeah. no, I wanted to help when the big thing was going down and I was like, oh hell, hell, I can't do anything. Yeah. So thank you guys for playing with me. This is um this is Cobb's story. So, Cobb, who gets your memory point? Um, I think this time I have to give it to to Penelope for her sick lasso trick at the end there. Woo woo! <laughs> it was with great reluctance that I narrated that. <laughs> I, I I know. I was like, oh, the rodeo trick's coming. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, and just savoring your victory over me. <laughs> It happened. 
It happened all right. You did it. Yeah, and given that this is Cobb's arc, what actually is his lesson? Because I don't think it's in the manual. Uh, Nick and I were discussing it, and we were talking about, I think Cobb needs to... It's not so much that he needs to learn something, it's that he needs to face the fact that um, that he's he's the captain now. Hmm. Cobb's lesson is that he can't just keep floating through life. If he's assembling a crew in a ship, the ship needs a captain. Sorry, Cobb, it is you. Sorry. He's been he's been kind of a vagabond for a long time. Yeah. So thank you guys for playing with me this week. Thank you. And thank you, listener, for listening to us and for playing with us. Yeah, thank you, listener. And for sharing uh, your memories with us on our website at peachgardengames.com and also by Twitter at peachgardenrpgs. Thank you for that. Yes. And if you haven't done it, and thank you for listening. We love you. Tell all your friends how much we love you. Because we do. Yeah. Because look, no, your friends are cool. Any friend of yours is a friend of ours. We like them, but you're still cooler. But maybe you can, yeah. And maybe you can, maybe yeah. you can play some heroic chord with them and let us know. And then your friend can be just as cool as you. Oh, please do that. Please do that. Play my game and tell me all your cool stories. Because here's the thing I've discovered. I'm not sure if I've talked about this in previous episodes, but when I'm GMing, it's all grim and darkness. And apparently in the hands of other people, this is an extremely friendly and cuddly game. <laughs> I'm always delighted by that. So tell me all about it, listeners. Yeah, tell us your cuddly stories. Or tell your uh, dark, horrible stories. Or those two. Cat Cat will appreciate those two. Yeah. Maybe, maybe appreciate them a little bit more. Alone. Not say not. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. And, uh, have a good night, everybody. Good night, Bye. listeners. Bye.